The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Yeah, buddy. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy, gambling, and daily fantasy. We are proud partners of Underdog Media. You can also find us on Podcast One. You're listening, as usual, to Sean and Brad. Brad, how's it going, my man? What's up, Sean? I'm doing well. How about you, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, we are firmly in the uh, the fantasy football season now. We're doing our NFL previews. Uh, we are on to the NFC South today, which I love talking about this division. It's very interesting, especially this year. Um, you know, it seems like every week the episode gets better and better because the divisions get more and more, um, you know, just complicated in, in trying to figure out these uh, these over and under win totals and, of course, you know, the uh, the fantasy football prospects. But um, real quick, I want to, of course, remind everybody that the Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide is available on Amazon.com. Excuse me. If you haven't bought it yet, um, you check it out. If you have bought it um, and you haven't signed up for the free updates, uh, keep doing that. Just a reminder to everybody out there, I do literally, I'm such a degenerate that I do literally watch every single preseason game. Um, yes, I'm even going to go back and watch that miserable Hall of Fame game. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, NFL preseason one is here, so now I'm updating that manual uh, weekly. I'm updating that guide, and I send uh, out a uh, basically a scouting report for fantasy purposes of, uh, you know, bench players that you never heard of. And, uh, you know, it's valuable. This is... Uh, uh, this is where the manual and the, the almanac really gets calibrated. So once again, check it out. Um, you can get a free sample on my website. It's functionalsportsaholic.com. Of course, you can do the look inside feature on Amazon. It's amazon.com. Search for Fantasy Football Almanac. You can also search for my name, Sean Ryan, um, and you can search for Functional Sports Hawk. It'll all get there. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at TFS underscore Sean. And Brad and I, we are uploading uh, clips of these episodes onto a YouTube channel that we're starting. Brad and I are, are uh, scheming out ways to put our ugly faces on the air. Actually, Brad's a, a very... Um, a very good-looking man, but I—I uh, I don't know. I don't know how I would classify myself. Maybe like part cave troll. Um, I don't know. Like uh, if you look like Sam Cassell, if you merge Sam Cassell with like an Irish cave troll, I think that's about what I look like. I think if you merge Sam Cassell with uh, Stifler. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you definitely resemble Stifler greatly. Yeah. Also, Sam Cassell. I think that's the perfect mix for you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So I, I basically eat trash, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> I ask people to pay tolls, and they don't listen to me. So there's there's my story. So you'll see my ugly mug up there soon enough. Um, it's going to be a classic Beauty and the Beast uh, thing. So I'm really just trying to exploit Brad's Adonis. looks. Uh, you're an Adonis. <sighs> We'll is being deprived of your beautiful face right now, so we're going to do everything to change that. Well, what I'm really – I'm trying to – I know The Bachelorette was – like literally, this isn't a joke. The Bachelorette was looking into uh, you know having you on, um, but then they saw that you're you know a 38-year-old um, quote-unquote self-employed. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, we can do better than this guy. Yeah. We can do better. So I'm, I'm, I'm really just trying to you juice a rock at this point. I'm squeezing every last bit out of that uh, God-given beauty that you have before your skin gets all leathery and cracked. Yeah, right. Oh, and it's coming soon, my man. I know. Very I know. quickly. I'm squeezing every, every last drip, brother. And then hopefully I'll depart this planet and move on. Yeah, yeah I know. We all can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, you know, before we get into the preview, Brad, I don't know. Like, I was, I know we were talking a lot off the air, but I purposely did not tell you about this because if you haven't heard about this yet, I know your mornings are always packed, and I wanted to be the one to drop this news on you. Antonio Brown, have you heard about his injury? Uh, I have not heard about okay. it. No. 
So Antonio Brown, um, you know, he's been, you know, not basically participating in practice, went to see a specialist. The diagnosis, Brad, I'm not making this up, is extreme frostbite. No, 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 no. Extreme frostbite, Antonio Brown. Extreme frostbite? Where has he been? I don't understand. I guess he went to France and was taking cryotherapy and didn't put his socks on. Like, seriously. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. He's getting weirder by the day. (laughs) I mean, come on. You know what else is very weird? That he wouldn't have done everything in his power to have his team not report that. Oh, my gosh. Please not report that one. It makes me sound like a nutcase. I think pro football, I could be wrong, so I apologize if I'm misquoting or uh, missourcing this. I believe it was pro football news that that, that got the news out there. But, like, if you go, um, Brad, um, you know, after the show, if you go and Google, like, his, his feet just look like they're, like, crazy burned. Um, crazily burned, and I guess he had this treatment, and his feet um, have been all mangled. I don't know what the uh, you know. Wow. It's not like he's going to have to get them like amputated or anything like that, as far, as far as I know. Um, but like he definitely like destroyed skin on his foot, so he's going to have to basically get back. It's uh, the whole bottoms of his feet are blistered. It's like it looks brutal. It really does. Wow, so, that's crazy. Yeah. So um, I don't know what the uh, you know. It, it could be. I really don't know because I just kind of saw and I got like two. You know, I looked at like you know two paragraphs of the article because I've just been slammed today. But um, you know, I don't know what the timetable is for him. I don't know if this is something you rebound back from quickly. It feels like you know, based on what I saw from that skin, dude, I feel like the best way to go is like get like a chemical peel on the bottom of your foot and just let the skin all right. go back at once. But right. I, I, I really, I have no clue what to what to do about this. But I thought you'd enjoy that, given how much we've been talking about Antonio Brown and how much we've been saying that it's just not going to work out. Um, and, uh, you know, so far, uh, so good for that prediction, I guess. Sorry, Raiders fans, but. Wow, it just gets more guy. and more bizarre. Here we go. Here we go. I know, right? Um, so Hard Knocks started last night. I'm only halfway through that, um, through that episode. You know, I, I, I kind of feel I'm, I'm going to, because Sam and I on the Functional Sports of Hallock, we're going to really like break down the whole episode. We're going to talk a lot about it. I was a little bit let down in the first half hour. Um, maybe it'll shape up a little bit, but. You know, Gruden's good, but, you know, I was just hoping for something more. Like, the Browns last year, was they were giving us nonstop dysfunctional behavior immediately. I mean, yeah, it was uh, just like, you know, 60 miles an hour, just like, boom, just getting it right in the face, you know, from uh, from uh, Coach Williams and uh, that old yeah. Pittsburgh offensive coordinator, the guy that uh, with the broken hip and gets in bar fights there. Um, they were already mutant, you know, doing a mutiny on Coach uh, Jack, you know. Coach Jackson, I put I jettison all this stuff out of my brain uh, as soon as it happens. So I can't remember the names, but anyway, uh, weird stuff. Weird stuff. Um, Ezekiel Elliott still holding out. Um, it looks like Elliott is digging his feet in and will not play unless he gets a new contract. Dallas, right after Brad, we aired our episode last week and talked about this. Uh, Dallas signed Alfred Morris, who's a pretty decent but aging first and second down running back. He can't catch a lick. So he's not a three-down running back and uh, you know dual threat like Zeke is. Um, I still feel Brad that you gotta you gotta get Zeke in. Just give him a one-year raise or something. But what do you think, man? Well, you know, I, I tend to go back and forth on this. Um, you know, Zeke is great, and I do think that he makes. Um, what's the quarterback? Zeke Dak. Dak. Zeke yeah. Dak. Yeah, I, I often get them mis, uh, misconstrued. So forgive me, but you know, I will say this is that. They were a different squad once they got Amari Cooper. So yep. I I think maybe possibly the presence of Amari Cooper kind of makes uh, Zeke less important. Possibly. I'm not saying that's the case. But, um, 
you know, I understand where, where Zeke is coming from, man. He's a running back, and he's he probably will never be a hotter ticket than he is right now. So I, I get it. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, but I also understand that, that Dallas doesn't want to just give in to him, especially since he's a running back. It's a big catch-22. Yeah, I think for Dallas, you know, because they're a Super Bowl contender, and, uh, you know, I, I really think the NFC is wide open this year. I, I think they just need to get this thing done i think it's going to actually go into the seat my new prediction now is it's going to be like that emmett smith holdout in the early 90s i think it goes like two games into the season and uh and then they get something done but what i don't understand though and i said this last year with Le'Veon bell i don't understand the guys that hold out like Le'Veon bell last year left 14 million on the table yeah so what's the point of that holdout then is that yeah. what you're saying yeah or- like it, so okay so he gets a new contract well you left 14 million on the table you're not going to recoup that 14 million um in the contract. Um, now, I didn't think Pittsburgh's offer to him was great, you know, with, uh, you know, the lack of guaranteed. I think they, you know, they really kind of probably fumbled that negotiation, but maybe they just wanted to get out of that anyway. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't understand. Look, I, like, I think I think Zeke, like, I don't think he's ever going to have more leverage than he has this season. Um, and, right, you know, right. when Dak gets extended, there's going to be less money left in the pot. So I get it. And I probably... another reason why he's doing it. Yeah, right? I, I think I, if I was in Zeke's, um, you know, position, I probably would do this, sit out all of camp because, you know, he doesn't need camp anyway. Um, you know, he's been suspended to start the year before. I think he might even been last year. Um, yeah, you right. So, like, he, you know, he, he knows his body. He can come back in week two, week three. But what I just don't understand, um, and I didn't understand it with Le'Veon Bell, in retrospect, I still think it was a mistake, is, you know, these guys have to report at some point so that they can get a contractual year under the belt. I still think Zeke will be back. I don't see him holding out the entire season, but uh, we'll see, man. Yeah, very, very interesting, man. I, it Apparently, they're not even close. So. Yeah, that's what they say. But, well, uh, you know, and that's how it goes. They're not close until one day they make it happen, right? I yeah, mean, I, 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 and and if you're if you're Zeke, honestly, like you can hang out in Cabo on vacation, which he's doing, or you can go to freaking Oxnard and, and practice a bunch of times and stay in like a you know a, the Belafonte Inn or whatever you know wherever places they're staying at. Like this this you know probably not great you know maybe a dorm like a college dorm. I don't know where they stay. Uh-huh. You know. Y- <sighs> I, if I'm if I'm Zeke, why am I showing up to training camp? I don't have to, you know. So I won't. So I, you know, I think I think Zeke will either be back in like week four uh, of preseason or first couple games. Right. And maybe Dallas will give him maybe not like a full extension, but they'll give him like a a one year bump like in, on this year. They'll give him like a signing bonus or you know, uh, you know something that he can just make like an extra like four or five million this year, so he saves some great you know, say saves some face in the negotiations, but. I just it, it, both sides really need to get this done, so I think they will. But you never know, man. Zeke is Zeke is kind of a different kind of dude, so you well, never really what, know what what he's going to do. do. Think the odds are of them telling um, Zeke to take a walk. I mean, what do you think the odds of that happening are? Like, hey, sorry, you know, Le'Veon Bell style. We don't need to see a. I think it would take Zeke taking this into the into the season. And Alfred Morris to look like he looked like, you know, 2007 or whenever his rookie season was. Um, Because, again, you know, Alfred Morris is not a a pass-catching running back. So who does that fall to? I think they they let their old backup running back, um, I think his name was Rod Smith. I know it was Smith. I think it was Rod Smith. Let him go. They drafted a guy. I I think his his name is Tony Pollard. Um, 
and uh, I, I'm presuming that he has pass catching skills. I really have no idea because I've never seen him play. Um, but you know, do you want a rookie running back back there in pass protection on a third and eight against like the Bears or something in the playoff? You know, like I, I just you need Zeke to make a run, a deep playoff run. If you're Dallas now, Melvin Gordon, like we've talked about, if you're the Chargers, look, man, Philip Rivers makes that go. He's a man at that quarterback position. Yeah, like, right. it, like if I'm the Chargers, I, I do kind of tell Melvin Gordon to take a hike, but. Um, but Zeke, man, I, I, I said it last week. I say it again. Dallas is not winning the Super Bowl with Alfred Morris and Pollard running the ball. It's just not happening. So they got to get it done. That's it. Okay. There you go. There's this is my two cents, man. Yeah, right. All right. Um, so let's uh, let's swing it, man. Let's talk about NFC South. We go alphabetical in these things. We're going to start with the Atlanta Falcons, who I'm usually a little bit higher on. Brad's usually a little bit lower on. Um, but I'm going to hit you with it, man. Uh, Bet Online has their over under for season wins at eight and a half. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to go under. I'm going to hit him with the seven. <laughs> oh, I'm going to hit him with the seven. Yeah, I don't give it. Uh, you know what about Atlanta? I don't think. Uh, I don't think Matt. I think Matt Ryan's best days are behind him, and I think they they trail off this year. You know, I think I'm going to take the over, man. I, I think they're a nine and seven team at least okay. this year. Um, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit throughout the uh, the off season, but here's here's what I like about this team, right? I like um, I always call their coach Gus Bradley. I know it's it's Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, their head coach. The recipe for success was when uh, you know Dan Quinn had a lot of control over the defense, and uh, Kyle Shanahan was running the offense a couple years ago. Uh, and they took that that formula all the way to a Super Bowl before Shanahan got plucked by the uh, the Forty ers who we'll talk about in a couple weeks. Um, well, this year they're going, kind of going back to that model. Quinn, because, look, let's face it, if, if Atlanta has a – look, man, if Atlanta hits the under here, Dan Quinn's gone. No question. Uh-huh. Um, right, right. So Dan Quinn is taking complete control of the defense. Uh, last year's Falcons, um, you know, th- their their defense was awful, but they also had a lot of very key injuries early in the year. So I don't know how bad they are. When I saw them in preseason last year, dude, they were playing fast. I'm like, they were playing uh-huh. like Ravens fast. They were good. Um, um, and then you know they they lose guys on all line you know all levels of the defense like in week you know in the preseason and like the first like week or two of the season they just lost like the heart and soul of the defense um, their offense Sarkeesian I never liked it I complained about it last year I'm glad they finally got rid of him well now they're bringing Dirk Cutter back to Atlanta mm-hmm. so it's not even really a new offense for Matt Ryan because he played in it for years and years mm-hmm. um, Ryan's had some great years under uh, Dirk Cutter. Uh, Julio Jones has had great years under Dirk Cutter. I think that Dirk Cutter will put up enough points on offense. And with Dan Quinn, if they can stay healthy on both sides of the ball, and that's always a big if in the NFL, if they can stay healthy on defense with Dan Quinn there, maybe making things a little bit more aggressive and taking more control, I could see this being a playoff team. I really can. I, I could see 10-6, and 11-5 even as their ceiling. Um, now, the NFC is super, super competitive. But, um, you know, we'll make our playoff predictions um, as we go on, and there are a lot of good teams in the NFC, but I'm leaning towards Atlanta being a wild card team this year. So I got to go with the over, man. I do. Okay, good deal. Yep. Let's, uh, let's see how this one shakes out, man. The two of us, a little dissension right off a the bat. Little, like, yeah, but, you know, it's been like a couple of weeks since we've disagreed on anybody. So. Yeah, it has. I dig it. Yep, yep. Um, so uh, from a fantasy perspective, look, I just said it all. You know, Matt Ryan, Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter, it's going to be a passing offense. Matt Ryan had a great statistical year last year. 35 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 4,900 yards. In a Dirk Cutter offense, 
I think that he could go into the mid-30s in the touchdowns again. I tend to think that he'll have more attempts, more passing attempts, so I think he'll have more interceptions. Um, but, I mean, I, I really think Matt Ryan is uh, is going to be a nice fantasy quarterback. I just moved him up in my rankings in my latest um, you know draft, uh, draft guide, my fantasy football almanac and draft guide. Just moved him up in the rankings again and republished. Um, so I think he's going to have a nice season. Where I think the cutter system is really going to cut into value is the running backs. Um, I've been saying this for close to a decade now. Um, I don't see Dirk Cutter running backs do well. Peyton Barber last year did better than I thought he would, but that's more the exception than the rule. I think uh, Devonta Freeman is going to take a step backward. I think he'll catch fine passes, so if you're in a PPR league, I think you can take him. But to me, he's a mid-round player. I think he's being overdrafted at this point in circles. But um, you know, on the flip side, I think Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are slam dunks. And Mohamed Sanu, who's going undrafted a lot, I think he could even be a serviceable you know, maybe not a weekly flex play, but I do think he's a guy that, um, you know, if he's on the bottom of your roster and you're going through bye weeks, he could be a nice bye week fill in. And I think he will be the caliber of a player that should be rostered all year, not like a pickup from waiver plug and play, but just somebody who should be on the backside of your roster in the backside of that draft. And the defense, look, I wouldn't draft him, but I do think they'll be a little, um, you know, a little better than advertised. Um, so I see them maybe as more daily fantasy. Um, Austin Hooper, you know, we'll see how he does. Um, you know, the the tight ends in Atlanta, uh, in Tampa Bay, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brate, they all played well. But, you know, I, I think there's too many balls to go around with these receivers. So I see Hooper as more of an average guy, maybe the back half starter. Like, I have him ranked 11th. And then the kicker, you know, they replaced, um, they replaced their veteran kicker. Brad, why did NFL teams... You got a guy who hits like 95, 98% of the field goals, and you're just like, oh, hell, let me uh, let me replace him for a guy that I'm picking up in the draft. Why do you do that? I have no idea, dude. I can't figure out the kicking schemes, uh, who's better, who's worse. It just seems so arbitrary and almost chaotic. There's no rhyme or reason to it, is there? No, and, and it's always like, um, you know, these teams are like, oh, let's find, or the GMs, let's find a guy who can kick the ball like really high and 70 yards in the air. But, you know, when it comes down to it and you're down by two, you know, in a playoff game or in a game that sends you the playoffs, you know, you need, you, you got to have it. That's what I've been, I've been saying this for forever. You want a kicker who has balls of steel. You don't want a kicker that has a foot of steel, right? It's like right. it's like you know the the best quarterback in a league, right? We can argue about it, but let's just say Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. It's 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 not the athletic ability; it's his ability, like in his head, to to basically know defenses and what to do. Although Aaron Rodgers maybe isn't the best example of that because he he goes off schedule a lot. But Tom Brady, Drew Brees, right? They know the offense; they know how to pick a team apart. They're not Cam Newton; they're not Michael Vick. It's like. What's between the ears in some positions matters, and I would say it's quarterback and kicker, and nobody ever seems to pay any attention to that to kicker. It drives me crazy. The month of August has arrived, and while temperatures outside continue to climb, the sports world is getting hotter with the MLB, and now the NFL preseason football is back, and it is wonderful. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. It's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code. It's podcast one for your 50% welcome bonus. The MLB, hey, it's great. We're getting into uh, you know, pretty closer and closer to the October, as you know. But for us, is you know, in all the shows that I do, it's all about the NFL preseason. Games start this weekend. It's fantastic. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code PODCAST1, or you can simply text the word BETNOW. It's bet N-O-W to the number 238669 to receive that 50% welcome bonus. MLB action is only two months left in the season, baby, and the NFL preseason is here. Get in 
on all that action. It's betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. Looking for the best sports coverage on the web? Then check out the Dan Patrick Show on Podcast One Sports Net. Join the sportscaster Monday through Friday as he covers the biggest games all year long with a whole bunch of A-list guests from the world of sports and entertainment. Download new episodes of the Dan Patrick Show every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Um, all right, man, so let's move it over. <laughs> Everybody's say Brad and me. Brad, and I, we can't get a pick right on the Carolina Panthers, so let's, no. let's talk about them and just admit that we have no... F- freaking clue what's going to happen I have no, here no i have no idea i, I won't zero. i won't bet a, a carolina panthers game ever again i won't either because you never know what you're going to get you never know um so carolina over under here is eight wins so i don't think vegas knows what to do either <laughs> yeah right they just planted one right in the middle yeah right i mean that's the safest bet for them if they don't know yeah just put that sucker right in the middle because they could win five games or they could win 12 games yeah i know man no one has any clue. It's Cam Newton, man. He's like a temperamental, like uh, just emotional roller coaster. Yeah, he if he's is. up, great. If he's down, they're terrible. I got to take Xanax when I watch him in the press conferences. Oh, my God. Those press conferences are so good. The, uh, <laughs> they're so good. The Titanic one where, you know, remember that? Yeah, yeah. That was a week after he made fun of that woman for trying to know about football or something like that. Some. <laughs> anti-semitic thing i forget what it was but holy geez he was on fire like three weeks in a row the Man. titanic must take sail he's well dressed when he has the press conferences i'll give him that you know what he's the suits i don't mind it's those hats take off that silly ass hat thank you such an old such an old fart i know but come on man get that feather out of your face hey man it, the kids know the kids know what they want and they want hats yeah, the kids do like hats. All right, I am an old fart. You are an old fart. But yeah, man, I have no idea what they're going to be. I don't think anybody else knows. And I, you know, through the whole thing, I just feel bad for Ron Rivera because I, I feel like he's a really excellent coach and a great leader. I don't know what it is, man. I just get that vibe from him. And um, I feel like he's stuck with a child. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just think Cam Newton is not playing at a, an adult level mentally. And um, I think that the team suffers because of it. You know, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this team and the composition, and they remind me a hell of a lot of the New York Giants. Um, you know, you have this inconsistent quarterback. You have this phenomenal running back, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. You have question mark at receiver. Um, you have a good tight end, Greg Olson, Evan Ingram. You have a defense that's probably a little bit um, better than advertised. Uh, it's and it's funny because Gettleman, the GM of the Giants, was the GM of the uh, of the Panthers. It's like we're it's like Panthers 2.0 over there. It's the weirdest uh-huh. thing, or it's Giants 2.0 over here. I don't. Well, I guess that wouldn't make any sense. But it's it, they're very very similar. I don't like the Giants. Uh, you know, if I had to pick, I would just you know based on the division, they have to deal with the. Um, here's the thing though, Brad, is they play the AFC East. So yeah, you have to deal with the Patriots, but then you get the Jets, you get the Dolphins, and you get the Bills. Who I think all three of those teams are going to play. You know, they're going to be up and down all season, so they might get them on a week where they, you know, you get punched in the face. But that's a favorable out of all the divisions in the AFC. I would say that's the one you want to play. That's the one you want to have on your schedule. But then they have the the NFC West, which you know. You know, there are no gimmies in the AFC West. Um, there are gimmies in the NFC East, not in the uh, the NFC West. So. I don't know, man. I mean, they could get some bonus victories, but if I had to pick, I'd go the under. I mean, I would guess 6-10 and 10 this year, but again, 
I have not gotten a prediction in Carolina right in seriously probably like two years, three years. Yeah, well, I don't think you're going to start now, buddy. Yeah, I know, I know. So that just means everybody else should bet the over. Are you? What are you taking, over or under? Uh, I'm going to take the under. Yeah. Wishful thinking, actually. I, I don't believe in Cam Newton. I never will. Uh, just like I don't believe in Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also don't believe in James Harden. I just I think these there are some guys that are just mega talented that aren't necessarily winners. I agree with that. However, what do we know about uh, Westbrook and what do we know about Harden? Is they win a lot of games in the regular season. <laughs> you know. Okay. 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 Yes. Yes. But I think basketball yeah. lends itself to that. You know, if if you are talented, you can really dictate one single game many times in a row. I don't think that really matches up in in NFL. Yeah, it's um, man, this is this is it's just tough for me to make any pick on Carolina. It's like they they I'm so butt hurt by this team because I can't get them anything right um, on the spread. I can't get anything right, uh, you know. And, and I think the year that I picked them to like flame out, they went to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's it's I can never get anything right with this team. But when I think we can both agree on this, when Cam Newton has it going, there's nobody like him. I mean, he runs over people, and like when he's dialed in with his arm. I mean, it's just a, it's a it's a beautiful thing to watch. Listen, he has played well, but let's just slow down, all right? When he plays well, he he looks pretty good. But I I've seen many quarterbacks that impress me far more than Cam Newton. I really he has never done anything for me, even on a good day. I mean, I I don't think he's any. Here's the thing about Cam Newton, in my opinion, I don't think he's any better than Brandon Hoyer. I don't think he's any better than Nick Foles. I don't think he's any better than, you know, those like just kind of minutia guys. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But he has the physical attributes. He's bigger. He's faster. He's stronger. Right. And so from the pure athletic standpoint, he is better than they are. Right. But as far as being a quarterback or smarter or preparation or having a, you know, putting the ball through a pinhole, anything like that. I don't think he has any of that crap. Do you? No. Is he smarter than anybody? No. Is he more accurate than anybody? No. And we could go on and on. He doesn't prepare any better, but he is bigger. He's just bigger. It's like um, it's like Shaquille O'Neal was never my kind of guy, right? Even though he was amazing and he deserves to be a Hall of Famer. I never really saw the appeal to Shaquille <laughs> because it's he's just bigger. Like, that's it, you know? He's just a bigger guy. And that's why I'm a Jordan guy or a LeBron guy because I feel like a lot of LeBron's success is simply because of the fact that he's so big that he shouldn't be able to move like that, but he does. Yeah. I don't think it comes down to skill, man. I think sometimes these guys are just blessed with physical gifts. Yeah, sure, sure. And you, you know, know that, that what what goes, you know, what um, you know separates, I think, a lot of these guys with physical skills is how much you know effort they put in. Cam Newton, I don't think, yeah, like we've seen it with uh, we saw it with Michael Vick, who's now as an analyst come out and will, and will admit that he wishes he had put his nose in the playbook a little bit more when he was younger. Like yeah. when he came back later, you know, he, he right. really became a full quarterback later in his career. Maybe Cam Newton will go through the same thing. But I agree. I do think that I, do, I will say this. I'm going to put my uh, I'm put my neck on the line here. I do think he is better than Brandon Hoyer. I'm going to say that. Okay. Well, you know what? I was I was <laughs> I was trying to celebrate a point. Right? Yeah, no, I know. He's I know. better than Brandon Hoyer. But I mean, his his release looks like an old lady winding up or something. 
I mean, am I the only one that sees it? Does it yeah. take him forever to get the ball out? I mean, yeah. is there any attribute besides athleticism that really makes him better than anybody? I leave you and the viewers to think about that one. I mean, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. At this point, too, like, here's another thing, though. We talked about this during the season last year, is when the the press was down on Cam Newton, he would come out and have a great game. When the press was up on Cam Newton, he would come out and have a bad game. Um, okay. And the and the press, it, it, this is just a devil's advocate thing. The press has been really down on Cam Newton. Like, they're, they have him very low. I think he came out in the top 100. You know, he was, he was lowly ranked there. Um, you know, just basically tumbling with respect to to his, you know, I guess respect level you could call it maybe among his peers. I could okay. see him coming out this year with like on fire like he did in the Super Bowl. See, I I really have no freaking clue what's going to happen. I I'm with you, man. I think this is a six and ten team. If they go six and ten, I think Revere is gone. Um, they drafted in the third round this year Will Greer, who at the beginning of the college season last year was considered maybe even a, a first round pick. So they have a guy who's talented behind Cam Newton. So if Revere goes, they come in, they bring an offensive coordinator in because that's the you know they get rid of the defensive guy, they're going to bring in an offensive guy. You know, what's going to happen there? Do they kind of move on from Cam? Do they move toward Will Greer? Like, you know, um, I think he ran the spread in college, so he's going to be kind of a little raw from a pro scheme. It, it's just it's just interesting. But anyway, we could we could go back and forth on that for a while, I think. But uh, one thing is I do like him as a fantasy quarterback because he gets rushing yards. So that I can see, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Um, and Christian McCaffrey, I think he's a monster. He's just he's, he's just great. good. Yeah. Um, I have real questions at receiver. DJ Moore, I know his average draft position is pretty high. I think it's because he's the number one receiver there. I just want to see it before I draft as high as he's getting it. So I know that uh, you know other people and other uh, providers and of, of rankings and stuff will have him higher. Look, I don't believe in the offense um, because of Cam Newton's inconsistency. I don't want an inconsistent player on my fantasy roster. But hell, I'll draft him in uh, daily fantasy, you know, week to week, depending on the matchup. So. Sure. Usually when Cam Newton's under criticism, I'll draft DJ Moore and Cam Newton and stack them. Um, Curtis Samuel, I kind of I'm intrigued by his talent. He's like you know a, a, a Percy Harvin Jr. He can run, he can catch. Um, I like the skill set. Greg Olson, I think he'll get a lot of touchdowns, maybe not a lot of yards, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, let me see here. Then we have moving on, Brad. So here we go. Um, the team that should have been the Super Bowl last year for the NFC. We have the New Orleans Saints over under ten wins. Oh, that's a that's that one's up there, hey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know Cowherd's down on them. I am not, man. I really like Drew Brees. I uh, I don't see any reason why his production is going to trail off. Do you? They just signed that that wide receiver. I forget mm-hmm. his name. Michael Thomas. Uh, yep. Michael Thomas. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, I think they got the pieces, dude. And I think New Orleans is rowdy. And if they could just get over what happened last year, they can move forward. I don't. Yeah, I, I've heard the coward stuff, and the theory is, you know, a Super Bowl hangover from the losing team who's done well. Well, I remember New Orleans losing a Super Bowl um, and then winning one right after that, you know. And I think that Belichick and Brady in New Orleans, or I mean New England, sorry, I guess. Um, Bel- Belichick and Brady in New England. Um, you know, there's leadership there. You have a good coach. You have a good quarterback. They've been there before. Well, look, Peyton and, and Breeze are no slouches. They have a stacked roster. Yeah, man. Nobody could run on them last year. Are, are you telling me that because they lost the Super Bowl, people are just going to gash them on the ground? I don't. I don't believe it. I get what Coward's saying, but I think that's more applicable to like a young kind of 
immature team. Um, I think one of the the ex, uh, examples that Coward uh, brought up, I think, was the Seahawks when they lost that Super Bowl to New England. Well, there was already in infighting before that Super Bowl. You know, sure. there was you know the, the Legion of Boom, and and you know it was becoming coming uh, Russell Wilson's team. You know, it's different. Um, I think that. Uh, you know, the Rams, um, you know, losing. I know he's kind of saying, I don't know, is there going to be a Super Bowl hangover from that? You know, I just, look, I, I just don't buy it with this group because of the veteran leadership and the coach that's been there before. You know, they know what it takes to win a Super right. Bowl. They've won right. a Super Bowl before. And, you know, yeah, they've had some some tough break. Oh, Brad, man, listen to this. So <clears throat> I don't know where I saw it, but there's a YouTube video out there. This you should definitely watch when you get a chance. It, it details like the last six playoff uh, runs that were ended in New Orleans, and uh, one of them was that you'll remember the play. It was a San Francisco game, and uh, Vernon Davis caught a touchdown pass from Alex Smith right at the end of the game. Um, then there was that Marshawn Lynch run against Seattle, where he stiff armed everybody and like uh, you know, towards the end of the game and iced it. They just were going yeah. like he, he, clip after clip of playoff tough playoff losses, and they were brutal. Yeah. And there's the Vikings one two years ago yes. where he totally. Right, right. Okay, okay, yeah. so there you go, right? Coward's argument is that, hey, you know, it was a, it was a deep playoff run, a, a crippling loss. Right. Well, how about that Minnesota one? And then they come back last year, they should have been in the Super Bowl. So I just don't buy the argument. I get the argument yeah, if it was... Just, yeah, it, I mean, that team, uh, you know, I know we always talk about the Chiefs and the Patriots, and, uh, dude, that, that team has the quarterback, it has the coach, it has the talent all around, mm -hmm. it has experience mixed with young talent. I mean... They're set up, dude, and I will. I would watch out for them, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, you know, I go back to this. We we talk about and why wouldn't you? Their offense, right? And I think that um, you know, Kamara. Look, Ingram left. Um, you know, Ingram went to Baltimore, um, but they replaced him kind of with a unheralded move, Latavius Murray, who came over from Minnesota last year. We know Latavius Murray can run the ball. He's been kind of like a. You know, a journeyman. He started with Oakland. He went to Minnesota, but he's he's you know he's ran well wherever he's gone. Last year, 140 attempts, 578 yards, six touchdowns. He can also catch 26 targets, 22 receptions. Um, you know, he's basically he's a good he's a good counterpunch to everybody who we know. Alvin Kamari is going to be great. Um, that Michael right. Thomas. A couple weeks ago, Brad, we were talking about holdouts similar to Zeke and Dallas. You and I said, look for new Orleans to be a super bowl team. They got to get this thing done. They got it done and they got it done quickly. So that's done. Um, Traquan Smith, uh, he did pretty well in his rookie year. Um, I think he'll probably be the, yeah, I think he's going to be a feisty little guy on the, um, you know, he's not little, but a feisty guy on the other side of the ball, um, opposite Michael, uh, Michael Thomas. I think he'll be talented. They still have Ted Ginn. Um, they still have, uh, that guy, I think Keith Kirkwood. I know it's Kirkwood. Uh, they have, they added Jared, uh, Jared Cook to this offense. Like they have weapons everywhere. I like Jared Cook. Yo, let me ask you something. Uh, is there any reason whatsoever that we could possibly assume that Drew Brees would slow down even a notch? You know, and this was another thing that I saw in Coward, right? Is they said that, oh, you know, Drew Brees last year looked old at the end of the year. He looked old, looked old, looked old. I don't buy that because you and I were talking at the beginning of the season. We I remember there was an episode. I don't remember. It was probably like week 15-ish um, we were talking about this. <clears throat> and I said, um, you know, the, the start of the season last year, the 2018 Los Angeles Rams came out of the gate on fire. And then the rest of the league kind of caught up to them. And I compared them to that Packers team that started 11-0 and years ago. It's like 
they came out, nobody could touch them, and then the rest of the league caught up to them, and they had an answer. And then it was just like they were just slogging through the rest of the season and fighting. Well, I think New Orleans had that same stretch. They lost like in week one or week two, and then won like 10 straight, and nobody right. could touch them. And then as they were getting there, teams were starting to figure out the offense. I don't think Breeze was getting old. I think the rest of the league was catching up. And we see these cycles. Like, whoever's the best in weeks one through eight, and there will right. be teams that are going to start 8-0, 7-1. There are going to be teams. That's not the team that's necessarily going to make the uh, the Super Bowl. And you and I talk about this, Brad, too. New Orleans or New England, they're probably going to start the first eight weeks five and three, six and two, yeah, and they're going to be there at the end. It's all about when you get hot. I mean, um, you know, with my Green Bay experience, when they won the Super Bowl in 2010, 2011, they were, I think, they were eight and six, and they were just kind of an mm-hmm. average team, and they had to win the last two games to get into the playoffs. And they did, and they won huge, like two big games, and they were just on fire. And then they rolled through the playoffs, right? So they got hot at the right time. And that hotness continued that following year. They were 11-0. and But my point is, is if you get hot at the right time, you can fly, but it doesn't last forever, obviously. Right. So you could start 10-0 and and be the best thing to ever been invented, but then you come back down to earth, and that's just kind of how the league is set up. Yeah, then you get into the the thing is like if you're beating everybody like 40 to, 40 to 10 in the first like you know the the team you have to go through some toughness too because in the playoffs yeah. you're going to be challenged, right? So, you know, do, does your team know how to to win coming from behind? Can they when you're challenged, right? When you have the the Rams and the Saints basically trading blows in that NFC Championship game, you know, which one has the character to come back, right? So the the, right. the Saints feel like at the end of regulation they were robbed. Well, why didn't they come out and shut them shut the Rams down? Like why they they were they they took they kicked the field goal and took a lead. Why didn't they just stop the Rams from kicking sure. a field goal? They took a lead. I think that's what everyone forgets. They, they did. definitely took a lead with less than two minutes yep. to go. So, now, uh, now, look, there's there's no excuse in what happened there. We've talked. So, like, if you're a new listener, like, we're not. Uh, look, the NFL should have done what ball. it did. It was awful. It was awful. It was horrible. It was one of the worst of all time. But, yeah. okay, sorry about your luck. Yeah, I know. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yep. So anyway, look, I like the team. I I find it hard to believe that this team finishes eleven and five. I see him as twelve and four. Um, I do. Sean. What's up? I do as well. I'm okay. With you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brad and I are both on the over there. Um, you know, unless like Drew Brees gets hurt. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, you know what? You know the interesting thing is I I hate we talk about this. I hate when the Saints pull off Drew Brees off the field for that guy Taysom Hill. You know, and, and run. You know, um, um, uh, you know the the read option, and all. I hate that. I hate doing that. But they're at the point now where if Breeze went out, they could just kind of switch a little bit and kind of run what you know Baltimore's trying to run this year, and they might be okay. Like if Breeze if Breeze goes out for six to eight games, I still think this is a playoff team, man, because they're really good and they can stop the run. That helps, man. Yeah, big time. All right, man. So we're down to uh, Tampa Bay. Um, Bruce Arians is back over under Brad six and a half wins this season. Ooh, I'm going to go under. I like Bruce Arians. I don't like Jameis Winston and I don't like their odds in the NFC. Man, that's, this is a tough one for me. Um, I, I think, I think they're right on that six and 10, seven and nine line. Um, Bruce Arians, tough division. Gosh, man, I'm I, I'm gonna have to go to the schedule. Let me pull up their schedule real quick, and, uh-huh. quick here, and we'll just go game by night, game by game. Buccaneers schedule. Bear with me, listening crowd here. All right, so who do we got? Okay, so week one 
at home against the Niners. I think that's a loss. Me too. Week two uh, on the road against the Panthers. I think that's a win, even on the road. Mm, okay. Well, I don't necessarily give them a W for that, but go ahead. Yeah, let's just say they'll split with the Panthers. So I'll give them a loss there, and I'll give them the win at home later. Okay. Um, so they're 0-2. They go, um, they're at home against the Giants. That's a win. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, on the road against the Rams, that's a loss. Correct. Okay, quarter pole, we're 1-3 right now. Um, on the road, oh gosh, on the road uh, at the Saints. They go Rams to Saints, both on the road. Okay, yep, yep, loss, loss. That's a loss. Uh, okay, then they got their home game against the Panthers, so that's a win. Um, then they play the Titans on the road. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with a, a loss. Titans on the road there. A loss, yeah, that's a loss. Um, there's a lot of road games here in a row here. Man, they have a brutal opening of the schedule, to the, but they must get some a lot of home games on a row later. Okay, so then they go to uh, Seattle um, on oh, the road again. Oh my god, that's a their loss. road schedule is not kind. No man, so that's uh, that's two and six at the halfway mark. Um, then they get the Cardinals at home. I'll give them a win there. Okay, yeah, I can give them a win Bruce, there. Bruce Arians' revenge game at home. I'll give them a win. Yeah, right, that's a win. Uh, so that's the – they're now 3-6. and six. Uh, Home against the Saints, that's a loss to me, and that's a 3-7. and seven. Oh, gosh. Then they, uh, then they have the Falcons on the road. Um, I'll, give them a, I'll give them a win there uh, to split with the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, I say that. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, that's four. Uh, then they have the Jaguars on the road. So that's a loss. I'm gonna give them a win on that one. Okay. Okay, so I'm at five wins now. Uh, Colts at home, I think it's a loss. Uh, Buccaneers, uh, uh, Buccaneers versus Lions, I think that's a win. So I'm at six wins. Then they finish against the Texans and against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I'm six and ten. I'm with you. I'm on the under. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe they squeak one of those out that they should have lost. You know, maybe they go into Tennessee and beat them, and you know, they end up being a 500 team. I um, I just don't. I don't think Winston is the answer. I just don't. And uh, hopefully he proves me wrong for our buddy's sake, you know. But yeah. I don't think we got it. That's yeah, we know a lot of a lot of Bucks fans. But uh, you and yeah. I, hey, you know, we uh, we were right last year. We thought that Cutter would get fired. He did. I do think that they're going to be a tough out every week because look, man, they got Todd Bowles running their defense. They got um, you know Leftwich and Arians running the offense. Um, I think it's going to be a tough team, but it's also a tough division. Uh, I give them splits. I think with everybody except for New Orleans there. It's a tough one, man. Tough one. Yeah, yeah. I don't see good things ahead for them. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. All right, man. Um, well, I think we can call that an episode. Uh, got anything else for the audience? Uh, I don't, dude. We're, we're checking off these Sundays, man. We got about, what, four, lo- four left till it's uh, go time. It snuck up on me, man. I thought this weekend was a Hall of Fame game. It was last weekend, so we get a full slate of preseason games this week, dude. Yeah, we do, right? I think they start tomorrow night. Yeah, man. I'm into yeah. it. Yeah, me too. Awesome, man. Hey, everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Um, you know, we're definitely, both Brad and I agree, and we're very good, by the way, when we agree. We're both over on the uh, the Saints. We're both under on the Bucks. Um, just detonate that Carolina pick, and then we're split on Atlanta. So uh, so if you go with uh, with the show, um, go with uh, over on New, in New Orleans and uh, under in Tampa Bay, and we'll see where that goes. But go out, make some bets, get paid, everyone. Yeah.